0: Right. On. Radio. Right. On. Radio. Hey, Right On Radio family. It's the Red Yoda here. Listen, I want to share a word that God put on my heart. um, And also this passage. Ecclesiastes 3. A time for everything. For everything, there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter, stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away. A time to search, and a time to quit searching. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to mend. A time to be quiet, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can, and the people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are the gift from God. And know that whatever God does is final. Nothing could be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that all people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before and what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. Amen. Uh, that was the New Living Translation version uh, that just happens to be the copy I keep here in the truck. but. The word he God placed on my heart to share with you all is that there are seasons of change. Uh, Right now we're entering autumn or fall uh, and something happens. The leaves change color. They change color not to uh, the oranges, yellows, the reds, uh, but the green is leaving them. The the colors that you see in the trees are there year round. Um, The green is actually fading away to reveal the true colors of the tree. And this is what we're seeing now and the government and everything going on, that this season of change is leading to a dark winter. It's a dark winter for them, not for us, because as the leaves change colors and we see the true colors of everyone, we also could see further and further and further into those forests and those areas of deep groves because now the trees not only have changed color but all the leaves have been stripped away and now we could see the entire forest this is where we are um be patient this is in god's time uh as king solomon wrote there is a time for everything god bless and live right in the real world love you guys all right on right on right on Right on Radio.
1: Right on Radio. Alright, good morning, Right on Radio family. Let's roar a little bit. This is Eric. I made an offer to Jeff to do a teaching about the Lord's Prayer, kind of a little Bible study, a deep dive into it. And he said, yeah, send it over. So I'm going to do this. Hopefully I can one-shot this. Uh, I just got done praying for it. And of course, as I was getting ready to start, my tablet stopped working. My phone was being glitchy, but got through all that. So of course, the enemy doesn't want stuff like this shared. So you know how sometimes God brings us to a passage or a verse, and he keeps bringing us back and back sometimes once in a while over years and decades, and... He reveals more and more to you about it, and then you read it again, and then he reveals more to you about it. And then you get such a good understanding of that verse, you know, verses or passage because you spent so much time in it, and uh, he reveals so many things. And the Lord's Prayer is one of those passages for me um, over the years. He's caught brought me back to it and shown me more, and then shown me more, and then later showed me more. And it's such a richness, richness and a depth to it that I just wanted to do a deep dive with it, um, with you in it. And uh, I hope this blesses you. I hope it gives you a more thorough understanding of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Um, because it's an important prayer. And to be honest with you, I think much of there is much that is lost in translation. What's in there in English is good. But we miss a lot of the nuances in the translation process itself. So we're going to do a deep dive into the original Greek. Um, I am not a Greek scholar, but I know enough to how to study the Greek to get at the original text. Um, And I want you to walk away with this empowered to more effectively use the Lord's Prayer uh, in your daily life, in warfare, in battle, um, as a prayer that you can pray or a prayer that you can use as a template. And so I'm going to share my experience of it with you and the different layers God has shown me of it. And I hope it blesses you. And uh, hopefully my tablet doesn't stop working on me here. But I wanted to uh, read. So it's in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, the Lord's Prayer. And it's also very important to read what happens before and after that so let me start in Matthew so in Matthew 6 verse 5 he starts and he does a teaching about prayer before and after he does the Lord's Prayer so I'm going to do the teachings and skip the Lord's Prayer for just after that he says when you pray you are not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men truly I say to you they have their reward in full But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. And then it's the Lord's Prayer. And after the Lord's Prayer, he says, For if you forgive others their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And in Luke 11, it's, so that's, that's, Matthew wrote that within the context of the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke 11, when Luke writes this account... He said, it happened that while, starting in verse 1, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and he gives the Lord's prayer. And then in verse 5 he says, then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I do have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door is already shut, and my children and I are in, in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give up and give him anything because he is friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you, Seek. And you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So that, those are the two contexts that he teaches the Lord's Prayer within, and those are important things to do. The Lord's Prayer, in my opinion, because of that, is not meant to be something that just we repeat over and over and over. Go, go say 15, you're our fathers, and you'll be okay. He tells you right before then not to do that. And so the Lord's Prayer, as it goes, most of us have it memorized. You know, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And some translations say forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And that's a fair translation of the Lord's Prayer. And God kept calling me back to it. And I... Started digging a little deeper, and when I dig a little deeper, I use a, a, a Bible study program that it pulls up. I like the NASB, and it pulls up the uh, thing where it has the Strong numbers in it. And for those of you who don't know, Strong Strong's Concordance, he made a list of all the old all the Hebrew words in the Old Testament and all the Greek words in the New Testament, and he gave them numbers, and then he gave them definitions. And so it's a good way to say, okay, this word in the original language was this, and then I can tap on that Strong's number and it brings up three different dictionaries of the translation, of what that word is used, how it's used throughout the scriptures and different meanings it can have. And although every translation picks one of those words it can be translated into, if you study the word itself in the fullness of all that it's used for, it gives you a better picture of what that word in the Greek or the Hebrew can convey in total. And so it gives you a deeper understanding of what what that verse can mean. and then in I, when I go even deeper, sometimes I go to the interlinear text, which is like the actual Greek that it was written. and then when I go to that, there's a website I go to it shows the Greek words as they were written in order by the by the apostles and and the other writers of the, of the New Testament and then it gives the pronunciation of the Greek word, and then it gives all the little nuances that come with the original language of what kind of tense and is it, you know, is it participle, is it perfect, is it past, you know, all those things that, and then it gives a, it gives a strong number and that also gives the transliteration of if you took this word and all the nuances of it and you did a literal translation into English, it would mean this. And sometimes one word is several English words strung together because it's a concept that was being expressed. So, That's what I do when I do a deep dive, and as the Lord started revealing things to me in the Lord's Prayer, I ended up doing a deep dive, um, one of the deepest dives I've ever done in scripture, and he showed me so much, and I hope that um, you were blessed by what I'm about to share about the Lord's Prayer. So when the Lord first asked me to to start digging into it, I noticed, and it's in the Greek, um, the second half of the Lord's Prayer where it says, give us this day our daily bread, and... Forgive us our sins and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I looked it up and those ands and the buts in there. And I know, you know, when there's an and, 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 and a but, you know, that's kind of that compare and contrast. And I kind of, he started showing me that, you know, the give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins and don't lead us into temptation. Those are three things that we can pray about, about us and our experience. And the offset is, here's these three things we're asking of you, but don't let us, uh, but deliver us from the evil one. So these three things are kind of set against that because these are ends and then the but deliver us from evil or, or the evil one or the wicked one. and And, I, and he started to show me, okay, so give us this day our daily bread what happens when we don't have our basic needs there are things as a parent i would never do but if my son was starving i would consider stealing to give him food and so um, delivering me from evil part of that is asking my father to take care of my needs every day so that i'm not tempted to do evil Because my needs aren't being met. And that kind of goes in how the cabal has done what they've done over centuries. God made an abundant universe and an abundant world. Yet most of us live under the thumb of scarcity. And while we live under scarcity, they've been scraping off the wealth and the abundance that God built into the world to enrich their own lives. And sometimes to the point where people are so destitute that they do things that they might not do otherwise because their needs aren't being met. And then the next one of course is forgiveness. Now we all know what happens when we harbor unforgiveness. Um, Bad things happen, evil happens. And I love that that's the longest part because it's not just forgive us, but there's a, a catch. We have to be willing to forgive as well. If we want forgiveness, we have to be able to give it. So we want to be seekers of forgiveness and givers of forgiveness. And of course, Um, lead us not into temptation, that's kind of not a great translation because the idea was like, well, if we don't ask, God might. I don't believe that our Father wants to lead us into temptation, Um, but it's asking him, don't let us be tempted. Don't even let us get near temptation because in a weak moment, we might and if you've lived long enough walking long enough with the lord you know that that's true that there are moments when even even if we've known the lord and love the lord deeply there's times where we're weak and we can fall for things and those three things are important ask the lord every day and it's juxtaposed to delivering us from the evil so lord meet our needs lord let us be seekers of forgiveness and forgive us and let us be givers of forgiveness. And don't even let us be closely led near temptation so that we can be delivered from the evil that would happen otherwise. And those are things that are important to ask the Lord. And even though we're asking for our daily bread, he tells us our Father knows what we know need before we ask him. So we don't have to spend, like the Gentiles do, Going on and on and on and on in vain repetition about, Lord, we need this, 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 and I need this, 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 this. He already knows it. So we can just say, Lord, give us what I need today and trust him with it and then spend the time instead of listing these things off, spend more time in his presence instead or in his word. So I noticed that there were three things in that section that have to do with us. Um, our daily bread, forgiveness, and temptation. And he says, go a little deeper. So I opened up my app and I dug in and I noticed that there's, um, what are the Greek words and what do they mean? And, and um, I, he showed me some other things, but he kept saying, dig deeper. There's more there. There's more there. And then when I went into the Greek interlinear, that's when I started to see things. Now, I want you to think about this. When John started off his gospel, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And everything that was created was created through him. So here is Jesus, the Word of God that was the creative force of the universe when God created, became flesh, dwelt among us. And these are his disciples. And one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he gave some teaching around it. But then that prayer, he gives context, but then when he teaches that prayer, that's an important prayer because this is the word of God, himself become flesh, teaching us what to pray. So, I would say almost more than any other prayer, it's an important prayer to know and understand so that you can pray it effectively and utilize it in your life effectively. And you're just not going to get all the depth that's in there if you just use an English translation of it. And... In the Greek, you know what, let me just read it to you, um, how, how it sounds. Now, in the Greek language, they do things differently. So, they would say something like this, cat, cat, dog, or, is different than cat, dog, and. Now, in English, we would say cat, or dog, or cat, and dog. But let's say you asked your kid, what do you want for Christmas? They say, oh, I want a cat, dog, or. They're saying, give me a dog or a cat. If they say cat, dog, and, well, that would be, I want a cat and a dog. And so the Greek is doesn't, isn't laid out the way English is necessarily. So when they translate it into English, they have to move the words around, which is fine, because they're translating it into the language. But when you go and you study it. As it was written by the this, apostles themselves when they said, this is how I'm writing down in Greek what the Lord taught us the Lord's Prayer was, there's, there's meaning and depth there that we don't get in the translation. I'm just say second, got to pull up. And so here's, oh, oh got to go down a little longer. Here it is, okay. This is how it comes. Father of us, thee in the heavens, let it be being holized the name of you. Let it be coming the kingdom of you. Let it be being become the will of you, as in heaven, also on the land. The bread of us, the dole be you giving to us today, and remit you to us the owes or debts of us, and as we also are remitting to the owers of us. And know you may be bringing into us into trial, but rescue you us from the wicked one. That's how it comes out in the Greek. Now, that's not how we speak in English, right? So when they translate it, they've got to make it flow the way English would flow. But as I started to study it in the Greek and to dig deeper into those words, I started noticing things. So when we say it in English, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that kind of seems like one phrase. And then, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in the Greek, it's not on the earth as it is in heaven. It's as in heaven, so on the earth or the land. Why did it get flipped around like that? I don't know. Also, side note, um, "The for thine is the kingdom, power, glory forever. That was not in, when Matthew wrote it, it wasn't there. It was added later. Um, Scholars know that as of 94 AD, Christians were using that at the end as a benediction of the prayer, but it was not taught by Jesus that way. And so I no longer add that part. It is from 1 Chronicles. Um, It isn't a bad thing to pray. Um, I just... What the Lord showed me by the Lord's Prayer, I stick to the way he taught it. Also, something else I discovered, um, in Luke, the Lord's Prayer is kind of a shorter version. There's a few phrases missing, but in the Greek, it's not. Someone decided to make it a cliff note shorter version in Luke, but in the Greek, it's almost exactly the same as it is in Matthew. There are a couple of differences of word, but all the phrases are there. So when I started looking at this, I thought, man, that has the kind of flow. It has um, you know, let it be being holy eyes. That's like a word. The name of you. Let it be coming the kingdom of you. Let it be being, becoming the will of you. There's like a cadence and a rhythm to that. that In the English translation, we don't pick that up. And then God showed me that there's another group of three. The name of you, the kingdom of you, the will of you. And I went, wow, okay, that's kind of cool. And I know that, it, that um, groups of three is important in the Bible. And when you look in Revelation four and the uh, angels that are surrounding the throne, the worship that God chooses to surround himself with is holy, 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 Lord God almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. And it's three holies, not one or two. And it's three names of God. In the Hebrew, it would be uh, Yahweh Elohim Shaddai. And then the was and is and is to come, those are three phrases as well. So the divine worship that surrounds God's throne has three sets of three. Holy, 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 or kadosh, kadosh, kadosh in Hebrew, or hagias, hagias, hagias in Greek. Uh, Yehovah Elohim Shaddai. Um, you were, you are, will be. So there's a there's a rhythm and a cadence to that. Three sets of three. And he showed me that. And then he says, My prayer is the same way. And I was like, No, it's not. And I went back to it and he started showing me there's the three at the top, your name, your kingdom, your will, and then that's focused on him. And then in the bottom three, there's the three that are for us, meet our daily bread, forgiveness, and temptation. And at first I couldn't see the other one, the other three he was talking about. The other three wraps the other sections. So the other, the first three or the surrounding three is, Father of us in the heavens, as in heaven so on the land, deliver us from evil. And it is split up just like is, who was, and is, and is to come. So, there's a phrase at the beginning of the section of the three things about God, and then there's another phrase that's the middle of the wrapping three before the three of, for us, and then the one at the end. And if you take the two that wrap each section, it fits even more. So, Father of us in the heavens, as in heaven, wraps the three about God, and as in heaven, so on the land... Deliver us from evil wraps the three for us. And I don't know that that's necessarily a big, gigantic revelation. But it's just neat that in the Greek, as the disciples wrote it, there was a cadence and a rhythm to the Lord's prayer. And that's the way they used to pray it before English was a language. It had that rhythm. It had that cadence. It had what the Lord had put in it. And it mirrors the worship around the throne. And then, another time I was digging into it, when I first went to the interlinear in the Greek, when we say the large prayer in English, we say, our Father. It starts with us, our. But in the original language, it starts with Father. The word is pater. It says, Father of us, thee, in the heavens. And the Father of us, thee, that the there, means it's the Father of us, not a Father of us. Or one of many fathers of us. It's, not, it's, it's the father of us. And in the Greek it puts, gets pushed in the back like that. But I believe there is significance in the fact that when Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. The first word is father. It starts with him. And it starts with that relationship. And I often use the Lord's Prayer as a template for prayer times. And I always start there. I always start with, okay, if, if, if my relationship's a little bit scattered with him right now, or if maybe I haven't been, spent a lot of time with him, or maybe I had a bad day, that I need to start there with Father. And I don't leave there until it's me and my father, and I'm his son. Or if you're a lady, and you're a daughter. It starts there. So Jesus starts off the most important prayer he could teach his followers. He starts it out relationally with Father. Father of us in the heavens. So let that guide your prayer time. Start with Father. Start with that relationship. And then I thought, wow, I've got I know so much of the Lord's prayer, Lord. You've shown me so much. I got this baby down, you know. It's got the rhythm and the cadence of the worship around your throne. There's three groups of three, and one wraps it, and it kind of ties in the other two parts. And, and then one day, he says, go back to it. There's more. I'm like, there's more? How could there be more? I've dug deep, and, and there is more. And... This one happened more like a download. Because I started reading it. And I can just kind of, as best as I can, kind of put into words what the Lord said to me as this happened. I was the word in the beginning. I was there. And I was with God and I was God. And I spoke the words, and I was the words that created all of creation. And how did I create? I thought about it for a while. I said, Well, you created by your word and your will. You willed it that there would be light, and you spoke it, let there be light. And there was light. And let there be an expanse and divide, you know, and let there be trees and animals, and let there be, let there be, let there be. He created by will and word alone. And the word that he used was Jesus himself. And we are made in his image. He said, let us make man in our image. Male and fe- so in the image of God he created us, male and female he created us. So masculinity and femininity both have divine component of the image of God invested into us. Now, we are not at the same degree and level as God, but as God was creative, we can be creative. And as God created through word and will, we also can create through word and will. That's why we've got to ask, and we've got to ask with faith, and if we ask, seek, and knock, it will be given. But when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer to his disciples... It uses the same language that the creation account, the same verbiage that Genesis 1 has. Let there be. So I start off with this relationship Father, you're my Father, and you're the Father of us, and you're our Father in the heavens. Let it be. Let it be, let it be. There's three three phrases that does not get picked up in the translation where we are actually to stand in our authority given to us as children and daughters of God to, as he did, to the extent that we can, create through word and will alone. Given the authority that we were given when he created us in his image. And the three things that we are to do that and stand and with will and with word, let it be being holyized the name of you. Let it be coming the kingdom of you. Let it be being becoming the will of you as in heaven, so on the earth. So we stand here on the earth. We stand firm. We stand in our strong. We stand in our authority that he gave us and we speak into existence. Just like Jeff and Jesse say, it starts in the spiritual and it comes down um, um, in the natural. That's what he taught us in the Lord's Prayer and it doesn't get picked up in English. Let it be being holy eyes the name of you. Let it be coming the kingdom of you. Let it be being becoming the will of you. That is creative speech that he taught us to use and I don't know if you remember when someone said something about dominionism. That was the first time I'd heard that in the, in the right on radio chat. And I looked it up to what it meant. I'm like, no, 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 that's not a good thing. No, I'm not saying we should be using tanks to bring the kingdom of God here on the earth. But we are, by Jesus' prayer that he taught us, we are supposed to call the kingdom of heaven from up there down to here. And we are to be that creative almost conduit of that happening, that's what he taught us in the Lord's prayer. So when you pray, you are with your word and your will to be creating on the earth as it is in heaven as a child of your father, his name being lifted up, his kingdom coming, and his will being done. We are to be the people that stand on earth and ask for that. If that's dominionism, then call me dominionismistic or whatever the word would be. But that's what he taught us to pray. And then we go into the part about us. Give us this day our daily bread. The daily bread of us, give it to us daily. The misses of us, forgive us. And we will forget those who have missed with misses against us. And the last phrase of that three, I like it, and no, that word no flips the the next word upside down. It's adding the negative to it. It's like saying, and no, 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 no. Being led into temptation, it's like saying, no, we will not allow us to even be led near temptation. It's not... Well, God wants to lead me into temptation, so I have to ask him not to. It's almost a putting our foot down and saying no to being led near temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so that's all I got so far. Maybe there's more down the road that he'll show me even more, but the Lord's Prayer, there's a lot of meat there. There's a lot to it. There's warfare built into it. If you are standing in your relationship as a son or daughter of God, on the earth, on the land, standing in your creative authority, and you're saying, Father of us in the heavens, let it be being holy eyes the name of you. Let it be coming the kingdom of you. Let it be being become the will of you. Just like in heaven, we want that on the land. That is warfare right there. It's built into the Lord's Prayer. And if you, when you walk with Christ long enough, or however long, whatever growth path God has you on, uh, usually you'll get to a point where you know why we want His kingdom and His name and His will. I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have wanted my name to be lifted up, where I've spent time and energy trying to build up my kingdom and trying to enforce my will into things. You know, I've been known to n- take a sledgehammer, knock a hole in a wall, and say, Hey, look, God opened a door for me to walk through. I walk through it and try to impose my will. I wanted what was on the other side of that wall. There wasn't a door. So I'm making one to get in there. And then I realize that what I thought would bring me life. And, and when I thought I built a kingdom, it falls apart. And did I just run out of space? No. Okay, good. And so when I pray that part, it I really mean it. Would you rather have God express his kingdom in your life or would you rather him allow you to build the kingdom the best to your ability? Would you rather his name be lifted up in your life because we know if we lift up the name of Jesus he will draw all men unto him? Or do you want your name lifted up? Do you want your will to be done? Or would you rather him say, trust me, my will's good, let me do that in your life? I Me, after enough years of walking with the Lord, I've learned the hard way that I don't want my kingdom anymore, Lord. I don't want my will to be done. I want your kingdom. I trust your kingdom. I trust your name. I trust your will. I don't trust mine. Even when I think I've been good motive, nope, it ain't always a good motive. And so I want to encourage you that when you pray the Lord's Prayer, pray it like that and use it as a template. But stand. You are a king or a queen under the kingship of the king of kings. You are a lord or a lady under the lordship of the lord of lords. You are a member of a royal priesthood. You are a member of a holy nation. You are hid in Christ. You are seated with him in the heavenlies. And that's where you stand when you pray. And that's where you want to pray from as you call down God's kingdom from heaven to earth. And as you ask him to meet your needs. For your daily needs the forgiveness you need to receive and give and the assistance of not being led near temptation so that we won't in weak moments give into temptation and that delivers us from the wicked one so i hope this blessed you i hope this showed you much more depth of the lord's prayer and i hope it transforms your prayer life and your time with your father um, so like jesse says, crawl up on your daddy's lap and spend some time with him. He has time for you. He's not too busy that he can't spend time with all of his kids all the time. So uh, get with him, spend some time with him, and start there. Because Jesus, the first word he taught was father. And there's a reason that's the first word. Thank you and God bless your day. I'll see you on the chat.
0: who's right who's right he's right right on radio right on radio